All right, friends. Um, if I haven't met you before, my name's Greg DeMay, one of the pastors here along with Jeff. Um, I want to share just a short piece of scripture and a short word about the nature of gratitude and thanksgiving this morning. Um, the words of Psalm 100, one of the greatest, liveliest, most energetic psalms will appear on the screen. If you would be so kind as to read the words in yellow with a loud, strong voice altogether. At the header of the psalm, it says this, Psalm 100, a psalm for giving grateful praise altogether. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So enter into his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Amen. This is God's word for us today. Especially appreciate some of our kids who have this memorized. Nice. Brothers and sisters in Christ, gratitude is not only something that we should do, not only something that we can do, not only something that's good for us. Gratitude is the fuel for our spiritual life. I mean, everything else, our prayer life, our love for one another, our ability to hear God's word, all of that is fueled when we have open, grateful, receptive hearts toward God. Gratitude does not do much for your consumer life. It doesn't do much for your shopping life. It does amazing things for your spiritual life. Because this is true, um, I, as one of the pastors around here, like it's part of my job to try to inspire, encourage, and enliven gratitude uh, whenever possible. I would love for you to feel more of it, to experience more of it, to name more of it, and to enjoy the presence of God more because of gratitude. Psalm 100 encourages exactly this, right? The psalm starts with these simple words. Here's what you should do, people. Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. So if you're the rule-following, obedient type, maybe that's all you need. Like the Bible tells you to do this, so you'll do those things. Some of us are more hard-headed and more recalcitrant. We need a little extra encouragement the Bible, time and time again, offers us good reasons, the best reasons to experience gratitude. Psalm 100 says this. Here's top of the list of things that we can be grateful for. Know that the Lord is God, as opposed to you being God, <laughs> or opposed to some human being being God. Like, it should give us nonstop gratitude that our world and our lives and our nation are not held by human beings, but indeed are held in the hands of a sovereign God. Here's another cause for gratitude. It is God who made us, and we are his. I didn't make myself. I'm pretty confident you didn't make yourself. My mom knew me before I even had a conscious thought. God knew me before my mom even had a conscious thought about me. 
We have so much social pressure these days that we have to produce our own identity, uh, get our own profile out into the world, promote our own brand or our own thing. Dude, that causes me a lot of anxiety. It causes great comfort when I know that all of my days, my life, my times, everything about me is because God made me and holds me. It is an equally valid translation of it is he who made us and we are his to translate it this way. It is God who made us and not we ourselves. Like that's a good word for Americans. Like there's lots of great things about our country, but we are under the delusion that we can make our own way because of our hard work and our pulling our own bootstraps up and getting things done. Nothing against the spirit of getting things done, but ultimately it is God who holds us, makes us, and that makes all the difference. In this church, there's um, some profound words, a question and answer from a catechism that goes like this, that speaks to this. What is your only comfort in life and in death? And would you read the answer with me? That I am not my own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. Of all the big umbrella things that we can be thankful for, I mean, there's so many blessings that we can name, material benefits that we experience, but the big ultimate umbrella is that God is God and that we are not. Psalm 100. If you're still the kind of person that'd be like, eh, I kind of believe that theologically to be true, Pastor Greg. I may not feel it. Psalm 100 offers what I like to call the key into the presence of God. Here's these verses. Enter his gates. How do I get through the gates of God? With thanksgiving. Enter his courts. I want to be near God. How do I experience more of God? How do I get into his courts? Enter his courts with praise. God is offering us, I think, I mean, the key. Lord willing, you're here in church um, on a non-Sunday. So I take this as a very strong positive sign that you desire to be near God, to have more of God and more of his experience in your life. And God gives us the key. Um, in fantasy stories, um, it's a very common theme for there to be locked doors or locked places or locked countries. If you've ever read a Harry Potter book, they have this special word, alohamora, which is a spell that opens any closed doors. If you've ever seen Lord of the Rings, the company is at one point at the gates of the dwarf kingdom, and there's a riddle on the doors over the dwarf kingdom, which says, um, I need to look in my notes what it says. I'm not that much of a nerd. All right. It says, <laughs> I am that much of a nerd. It says, speak friend and enter. And they're stuck outside of this door for an extended period of time until Gandalf, one of the company, realizes all you need to do is say the word friend in the Elvish language, and then the door opens. If you've ever read one of the stories of Arabian Nights, um, Alibaba and the 40 Thieves, there's these 40 criminals. They have a huge treasure behind a door. And Alibaba, the good guy, figures out that in order to open that cave where this treasure lies, you only need to say, open sesame. Why sesame? I don't know. I researched this this week. No one knows the answer to this. Sometimes we feel closed off and shut off from joy, from contentment, 
from nearness with God. And God is saying, you don't need magic words. There's no magic formula. But it works like this. When you put gratitude and honest, heartfelt thanksgiving into the world, it's like the clouds part and you experience the light and the joy and the kindness of God. Can anybody give witness to that? I mean, when I'm stuck in my worst places, I don't want to be grateful. It's hard to be grateful. But then when God warms my heart and performs some miracle on me and allows me to be grateful again, that's when things start moving in the right direction. All right, because it's not Sunday, I'm going to say a few words about brain science. Okay? It's Thursday, so please give me just a little little leeway here. Um, there is a guy at Stanford University. His name is An- Dr. Andrew Huberman. He teaches at Stanford. He runs a neuroscience lab. And we as modern people are starting to know more and more about how God designed our brains and our bodies to work. So I'm not going to try to give a physiological explanation of how gratitude works, okay? But just like 500 years ago, the church kind of dragged its feet to understand how the galaxies and the stars and the planets worked. But anybody who actually knows about that, I mean, it opens our mind to know the glory of God in the wider universe. Similarly, while we are living right now, the things that human beings are learning about how the body works, how the mind works, how the world works, it has the potential to raise our level of appreciation and honor for our creator for knowing all of these things. Here's what Dr. Andrew Huberman um, has learned in his lab. One of the ways our brain works is that there is a seesaw among the circuits of our brain. On one side of the seesaw, it's what he calls our defensive circuits. It's when you have an experience and your defensive circuits start lighting up in your brain that make you think, like, I need to back up because I'm not safe right now. I need to keep my distance. I need to maybe not say too much. I maybe need to hide. I maybe need to, like, do this with my body language. Um, I mean, has COVID encouraged any of these things in us the last year and a half? Right? I mean, wearing a mask would be lighting up the defensive circuits in our brain. And those are God-given and good because sometimes there is danger in the world. And we need to go into defensive protective mode. On the opposite side of the seesaw is what Andrew Huberman calls the pro-social circuits. This is the part of your brain that lights up when you are happy and grateful and it helps you if you're eating some good food, enjoy good food even more. It's the part of your brain that lights up when you sense that you can be really near and close and trust somebody and you take a step closer to them or you shake hands or you put your arm around them. It is the part of our brain that lights up when we feel connected and can draw things near. And what he has noted is that the, the, the more pro-social connections that are in your brain, the weaker the defensive circuits start to get. And the stronger the defensive circuits are, the harder time we have experiencing this, like, happy pro-social connectedness in our mind. Now, here's the thing. Because God made our brains to be somewhat plastic, not made out of plastic, but to be changeable, that we can keep learning even in our older years, that we can actually significantly influence this seesaw or teeter-totter in our life. And the best way to get more of the pro-social connected, enjoy your food more, enjoy your friends more, enjoy yourself more, enjoy your God more, connections happening in your brain, is by practicing 
gratitude. Like, isn't that fantastic that God literally wired us up to enjoy life more and to rewire the circuitry in our very brains by experiencing gratitude? So here's the question. How, do, how does a person, how does a community practice more gratitude so that we are developing those positive circuits and maybe getting less protective and defensive at the same time? I have thought for years that the best thing a person could do is just privately, like, through prayer, maybe through keeping a gratitude journal, just like reciting the good things that we can each be grateful for. That is really good. Don't stop doing that. <laughs> Today is exactly the right day to do more of that. However, Dr. Andrew Huberman also assumed that that was the answer, and in his research, he has found something that is twice as powerful for affecting the human brain as personally offering your gratitude, writing it down or praying it or however a person might do it. Would you like to know what is twice as powerful? <laughs> it's quite surprising. If someone comes to you and says thank you to you and then tells a story about how you're connected and how you positively impacted them, that really does it for us. Like being the recipients of gratitude, not only the givers of gratitude. So you're like, really? That sounds kind of selfish. So should Thanksgiving be more about like, hey, tell me some good things about myself so I can like have my brain feel better? That is not where I'm going with this. Here's the other amazing thing. What works equally well as receiving Thanksgiving is hear someone else give thanks to some other source that's not you. And when they tell a story or recount their blessings, like we coming alongside them get this amazing healing power in our own spirits and minds. So here's the difference. Like, I mean, when Josie was speaking or when Annie was speaking or when Jack Mack was speaking, compare what happened in your spirit in that moment versus like going home and writing three things that you're thankful for. I think, yes. Yes, I experienced that, even though as I was sitting at the piano, when someone else gives thanks to God, like it raises my spirit even higher. It gives me a light and a joy that is even deeper than when I give my personal thanks. And here's the great thing about the community of the church. Like there is an endless catalog that we can share together of stories of testimonies, of good things that God has done. And God made us in such a way that is not only to bless that individual, but that blessing gets multiplied and not only double if one more other person hears it, but tenfold or a hundredfold or two hundredfold just because the company of people who are gathering in Jesus' name get to hear the good things that God has done. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> this is about way more than just our little personal stories and our personal thanks. We serve a great God who has not only designed the stars and the galaxies, but the intricacies of human capillaries and circulation and brain and the neurons that fire and at the heart of how he created us for joy and peace and togetherness is the sharing of thanksgiving. So today... You can cooperate with God in this miracle of thanksgiving around whatever table and with whomever you gather with. It would be great and good for you, for yourself, to personally recite what God has done. 
But if you can look across the table and thank your grandma or thank your mom or thank your kid or thank your friend for something that you see that God has done through them, that multiplies it. And if you can simply tell a story of God's goodness, you are serving everyone else around your table by inviting them along, and you can trust that they are experiencing a double blessing than what you had in their spirit and in their very mind. Praise to God who made his people in such a way. Amen? Will you pray with me? God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for how you made us. We do thank you for the blessing of living in a country an imperfect country, but one that is wise enough to pause our entire population to stop and say thank you to you. And of course, God, we recognize this is so much bigger than a single day. We thank you that you have designed us, our spiritual lives, to run on the fuel of gratitude to you. And we thank you, God, that you not only made us, but that you loved us, that you were grateful enough for us, even in our sinful state, that you made a way for us to commune with you and gather around your table, Lord Jesus, the greatest miracle of all. In your name we pray. Amen.